Give me Isaiah 50. Four. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Father, I want to thank you, God, that your word is true, and that we can rely on your word, and that even if we are unfaithful, you remain faithful. And we thank you for that. We can rely on that and rest in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. It's good to see every one of you. One key thing I want you to take to mind and never forget, because the scripture while we look not to the things that are seen. That scripture, God says, don't focus on the things you can see or feel or what's happening in your life. Why we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, Because these things that you are experiencing, the things that you see, are temporary. They're just temporary. And that's God speaking. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He created you. And he gave us his word. Don't look and don't focus on the problem. Don't focus... On what you can see with your eyes and what you feel. That's what the enemy wants us to focus on. And that depresses us, brings us down. And then we forget the God that we serve. That is always with us. Even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, he is always with us. So if you can go through the valley of the shadow of death, why are you afraid of this problem? Why we look not... To the things that are seen, scripture, but the things that are unseen, because the things that you see are temporary. Everything in this earth, good or bad, they're temporary. They last for a while and they're gone, including the problems. They go away after a while. So you need to focus on what God tells you to focus on. And you need to, we need to understand that there's the power, there's power in God's word. This is eternal power before the world was created. And so the word of God is God himself. All the power of God is in that one word, the word of God. And so when we imbibe that and we take that into us, and we focus on that, and we rely on that, regardless of what's happening around us, God comes through for us. He comes through for us. And for everyone, no one is left behind. All you need to do is believe. And we are believers. Don't tell me you can't believe. God placed in you the ability to believe. Amen. Amen. God placed in you the ability to believe. Don't say, well, I don't have faith. No. God, through his word, 
has placed in us the ability to trust him. And so the devil tells you, well, I don't think you have faith enough. That doesn't doesn't jive with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you've heard the word of God and you believe it, you got faith. But Satan wants to tell you you don't have enough faith. Jesus said faith as small as the grain of a mustard seed is enough. Amen? So we got to trust God's word. In Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. <laughs> if he's settled in heaven, he's settled on earth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. What we need to do then, why don't you settle the word in your heart? Why don't you allow God's word to be settled? Because when you allow God's word to be settled in your heart, your life will change. You think heavenly. Heaven doesn't have any problem. Hello. (laughs) There's no problem there. When you begin to settle God's word in your heart, that this is the truth, you fear nothing. Because you believe in God. And you've settled it in your heart. Forever, why is God telling us this? Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I've got to settle it on earth in my own heart. Settle it there that God is faithful to his word. And he will not overlook his word. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed to us belong to us and to our children forever. I'm quoting scripture. It belongs to us. Whatever God has revealed, that's our property. Your personal property. It's as good as your car. It's your personal property. So we must settle these things in our heart. Psalm 119, verse 104, it says, Through your precepts, the word of God, I get understanding. Think about it. The understanding we are talking about is not the understanding of man. This is true understanding of life. What life consists of. What's important in life. I gain understanding. People are pursuing this, but you know not to go there because that's a waste of time. You know to go the other way. They don't know. They're all rushing one way. But you know better. Because through the word of God, you've gained understanding. And that's scripture. So you can go to the other way. That's so important. I gain understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So you can discern the ways that they're going. It's not going to benefit them. It's a false way. But you know it. And you can run. And they say, why are you doing this? Why, why don't you join us? No, I can't join you. Because I know better. And to them, you don't make sense. First Corinthians 2, verse, I believe it's 14. He says, 
The natural man does not understand the things of God. They're natural until they become spiritual when they receive Christ. So, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So, the word of God gives light to where you should go, where you shouldn't go. And then you feel like, it's like 9-11 years ago, and I read a lot about it. There were Christians. They were supposed to be up there in their job. And something tells them, uh, you don't need to go today. <laughs> and some of them actually stayed late. They were deliberately late. And they were not in the building. How? Huh? You read some of these testimonies, they're incredible. Where they thought they were doing something wrong, they were late. Guess what was happening? God was delivering them. It's a beautiful thing. Think about this. Your word, that's Psalm 119, 119 verse 11, I, I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. So when you have that word of God in your heart, he prevents you from sinning. You hate sin. And you don't want to go to the places where everyone is rushing to, to quote and unquote have fun. And you despise those things. You can discern them. Because of the word in your heart. If you have no word in your heart, it's hard to understand God's ways. Because only through God's ways, you can understand life. Because he created life. So we have to do that. We have to trust in God's word, just like Abraham. And the title of my message is the same thing, spoken words. But we have to trust in the word. When you have something going on in your heart, something that you really believe, and something that is shining in your heart, you can't stop yourself from saying it. It just comes out. Because it's already there. You're thinking about it, you're thinking about it. As soon as you see somebody, your wife or your friend, it comes out of you. Because it's already in your heart. And you've been thinking about it. It's not like you have to be forced to do it. You believe what you're thinking about. It's already in your heart. And so you speak it to everyone that can hear. Sometimes you bother people with what you're saying. When you're always talking about this, and here it comes again. He's going to be saying something about this. It goes the other way. They're tired of hearing you say this stuff. Because it's in your heart. And it makes you glad. And you want to share. When I was a new Christian, that's what was there. Everything was in here. I couldn't stop myself from talking to people. Even when they insult me. It's hard. I had to do something with what God is placing in my heart. I remember this guy. I was speaking to him. They had told him, he talks to you. My message was really easy. Repent or perish. (laughs) You're going to hell, brother. And they get mad. And when they get mad, they curse me out. And they told this guy, he said, even if you curse him out, he doesn't care. 
I will let them cross me out, and well, after they finish, I continue with my message. Repent or perish. And they get very mad. One of them said to me, I just cursed you out now. Why are you not angry? Why are you not angry at me? I said, because... I mean, those days I wasn't smart around. <laughs> I said, because it wasn't you that said those words. And he said, who said it? I said, the devil in you. <laughs> Please don't do that, okay? <laughs> Don't ever do that to anybody. (laughs) But I was a young Christian, excited. The devil was in them, and Jesus was in me. That's good. But you have to trust the word of God. And stay with the word. Just like Abraham did. I heard that this morning. Nuja did a great job. If you're not coming to Sunday school, please come. Abraham did the same thing. When you believe something, you can't keep it to yourself. I mean, when you've got something that's good, you can't keep it to yourself. Think about it. Somebody's giving you uh, a Mercedes Benz as a gift, right? Guess what you do when you get to work on Sunday or Monday morning? If they gave you on Saturday... Anybody that comes around, I got a Mercedes Benz. Somebody gave it to me, right? You want to talk about it. That's just human nature. But when you've gotten something, a germ from the word of God, you don't want to keep it. You want to share it. And as you share it, you're actually speaking the words. And then it grips you even greater. Because you're speaking the word. Amen? The Bible tells us in Romans 4, verse 17, it says, As it is written, I have made you, that's Abraham, God said, I have made you a father of many nations. Abraham believed it. Even without having a son, he believed that he was going to be a father of many nations. How that was going to happen, that wasn't Abraham's business. That was God's business. But he believed this God, that he was going to be the father of many nations. In the presence of him, whom he believed. He believed in the presence of God who told him. Amen. You believe the word of God in the presence of the one who has given you the promise. You know why he's there? Because you're believing the word and the word is with you. It's not like God was standing by Abraham. His word was standing by Abraham. Before the one in whom he believed. God. He's telling you whom he believed. God. Who gives life to the dead. And calls those things which do not exist. As though they did. He just gave you the nature of God. God calls things that are not seen as if they are there. And guess what? You are created in His image, in His likeness. And so if you are created in His image, And in his likeness, why don't we act like him? 
Why don't we call things that be not as, soon, as if they are there? Everybody will think you're nuts. But God comes through with his word. That's his nature. God who raises, he raises the dead. But he calls those things that be not as if they were. They're there. And all he has to do is to speak. Everything you see came from words. Everything. Both seen and unseen. All came from words from God's mouth. Why? God's trying to tell us something. Your words matter. What you say matters. And Abraham believed his God. And he says in the scripture here, verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. Think about it. Contrary to hope, in hope, he believed. Hope, faith, and love. Never give up on your hope. Amen. No matter what's going on. No matter what you hear, if God has said something, stay with that hope. That's where the foundation of your hope should be. Nothing else. Nothing else but the word of God. When it seems hopeless and everybody is telling you there is no way out, that's when to stand on God's word because you have received a promise from God. And God is faithful to his promises. He's very faithful. He was faithful to Abraham. Even at a hundred years old. I mean that's the amazing thing. For somebody. If, it's, if, if, if that happened today. A 90 year old woman. Giving birth. Uh, that would be on CNN. Fox News. and uh, All the magazines in the world. And they will show a picture. And everybody says. Can that be true? I got to see this woman. God did this years ago. He did this years ago. Can he do the same today? Yes. If we believe. And we can believe. Even I hate to say, you know, can you believe this? That's silly. God made you with the capacity to believe. You can believe. Don't tell me you don't believe that if... if uh, a trailer, what do you call it, uh, this uh, 18 wheelers, if they're coming at you, it's not the right time to cross the road. <laughs> because you know you're going to be flattened. You can believe, right? It's easy. You believe that, you can believe anything. But most, you can believe the word of God. You have the ability to believe. You have to choose not to believe after hearing the word of God. That's your choice. But you have the ability to believe. You have the ability to receive Christ if you're not saved. It's there in you. God created you with it. Why would he judge you if you couldn't? Think about it. Why will he judge you for not believing when he created you with the ability not to be able to do that? 
That's unfair. And God is never unfair. So you have the ability to do this. You can believe. Don't tell me you can believe. You can. You have faith. Amen. It's the truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't know it, then you can't believe it. But once you hear the word and you know the word, you can believe it. It's your choice whether to believe or not to believe. Abraham believed. According to what was spoken. I love that. According to what God has spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider. You see. He's not considering his body. But what we do is. Oh, oh no. I feel so weak. I think I can make it. And we start saying those things. The more you say about, you talk about your weakness, the weaker you get. And now you are able to get up and get to the door. Now you can't even get up to the door. I can't do it. I'm weak. I need something. Is he looking for sympathy? We do that to ourselves. Like I heard this morning, you come back, you know, you're so happy. All of a sudden, you go to your mailbox, you've been just the greatest day. And then you open one mail, and then before you know, you're crying. <laughs> you say, what's happened? I just got this mail. So a mail is making you cry? Why, if you believe in God, you've received the mail. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God will take care of this. He's my heavenly father. You know, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father? I trust you, God, somehow. And it's better when you do that. Because when the miracle comes, your life is changed. Because you know you can trust God. And your faith is stronger. Amen. He wasn't weak in faith. He didn't consider his body already dead since he was about 100 years old. You know what it is? Let me tell you... I'm not going to go much into the scripture. I'm going to think about it. God had told him he was going to be father of many nations and change his name, Abraham. So even though he knew he was old, he was still introducing himself. Hey, I'm Abraham, father of many nations. You know what I'm saying? God made him to do that. So he can keep telling people, I am Abraham. And that's Sarah there. Their names were changed. Because God wanted to make, him, make them to begin to confess a new thing in their lives. And he came through. Just by them saying it. Just by them changing their names. And confessing that I am Abraham, father of many nations. And introducing himself that way even before the child was born. That increased his faith and strengthened their faith. We got to say the words. We got to say the words. Listen to this. 
Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That means you are under His shadow. No one can touch you. No one can touch you when you are under His shadow. Then listen to verse 2. I will say. Say with me. I will say. Nobody is forcing you to say. You want to say. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. You have to say it. Before he becomes your refuge and your fortress. That's what this scripture is revealing to us. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. Basically, you have confessed what you want God to be to you. And guess what? He becomes to you. Exactly what you spoke. And this is written in scripture so we know that we can do this. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Many times we read Psalm 23. That was David's confession. He was actually saying it. If he didn't say it, you won't be reading of it. He said it and put it down in writing. Those were his words. The Lord is my shepherd. And he spoke those words. We don't know how many times he said that, but God was always there with him because he was making his confession. I need to really move fast. He says, surely he will deliver me. So it's not, it, it's not a prayer. Can you see? He's not praying to God. He's declaring. Can you see that? He's not praying to God. He already trusts God, but now all he's doing is declaring what God can do. And we can do the same. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. His ways remain the same. So we can follow through with what he's saying. Surely, he, I mean, the guy was sure about it. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wing, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid. I like this scripture. You shall not be what? Why? Because of your confession. That's why... Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. I just don't have any fear. Because of the word of God. Because of your confession. Fear disappears. Because of your confession. Your trust in God. It may not start at the very beginning, but if you continue it and you stand on it, it disappears. Because your faith becomes strengthened by the words of your mouth. By the words of your mouth. 
your faith becomes strengthened. I would like to go to Psalm 91, verse 9. It says, because you have made the Lord, how did you do that? Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. How did you do that? Because you spoke it in the beginning. That is how you make him what he's declared in his word in your life. By declaring it upon your own life. Over and over again. When you meditate in something, it comes out of your mouth. Amen. So people see what you're going through, but God's with you. And it's beautiful. That's not just your personal life. That includes your marriage, your family. You declare good things upon your children. They will be smart. I've always said, always said to myself years ago that my children will be taught of the Lord. I said it over and over again. <laughs> if I teach them, they won't be as smart. But if God is the one teaching them, they can do whatever. And we're beginning to see the fruit of it. You say the word. You declare the word upon your life. So you make him your dwelling place by saying it. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my dwelling place. You say that from your mouth every time. And when you say it, the confidence that is in God comes into your heart. And you have no fear because God is with you. No fear of death. No fear of anything. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. Love, power. And he says, my mind is sound. You're missing a little bit. No, my mind is sound. You're getting older now and this is the time for you to get. No, my mind is sound. He gave me a sound mind. And I can love people. Because he gave me the ability to love people. So don't tell me what you think. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear what God has to say. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Did you know that? Is the apostle, you know, Jesus is the high priest in heaven right now. And he's got to minister to us, right? As the high priest, just like the high priest in, in the Old Testament. But he is the high priest of what? Your confession. Your confession, what you were saying, that's what Jesus is using to go back to his father for offerings. Like the old testament the high priest had to offer something to god and jesus is the high priest of your confession what you were saying some of us curse ourselves so badly because of circumstances and we say uh i'm just telling you the truth i don't want to tell you the truth 
if it's contrary to what God says. I'm just telling you as it is. I don't want to tell me. I'm not telling me as it is. Tell me what God can do. That's what is important. It says in Hebrews 3 verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, some people say, God just called me holy. Am I holy? When he called you holy, you're going to change that? Hey, you're going to fight with him? God calls you holy and you say, I don't think I'm holy. You're a liar then. Because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. God calls you holy. You may not feel holy, but when God says you are holy, guess what you are? You are holy in his heart. And that makes it clear. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider in everything that you're doing, consider the apostle and high priest of what? Our confession. What we are saying. Declaring over our lives. Please don't declare something evil over anybody's life because of what you see in the natural. Declare what's good. This is scripture. We don't understand it, but God knows what He has said. And His word will never return to Him void. His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I would rather go with the high road. His thoughts. Amen? That's the better place to be. Hebrews 4 verse 14 and 16. Uh, through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Again, we're going back to the high priest, right? He's the high priest of our confession. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast. What? Hold fast what? Hold fast what? Bad confessions? No. Good confessions from the word of God. Why? Because when we hold fast to our confession, we become that confession that we are making. That's what God is revealing to us. The Bible, Jesus said, To you, God has given you the ability to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To the world, it's just parable to them. It doesn't make sense. But you have it. Say with me, I have it. You can understand what God says. I hate it when you speak. T.L. Osborne said, keep it simple. Don't make it so complicated. Where they think they have to do something. Abraham didn't have to do it. No works. It's all by grace. Amen? It's all by grace. It's all by grace. And you can. Believe me, you can. Every one of us can believe. Everyone can get to the highest place you want to go. Just dream. And believe God. And begin to talk about your dreams. Amen? If God has given you something about a business... And you feel like this is God. Tell everybody you can see. If they don't want to hear, make them sit down and tell to them. So it's very important. 
that we do that. Seeing then that we have a great... Hold fast to your confession. For we do not have a high priest. So your high priest is walking over your confession. Who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses? But, so you, you see, you have your weakness, but you are confessing something different, right? When I'm weak, then I am strong. So don't confess the weakness, even though that's what you're feeling. But what God says, when I am weak... Then I am strong. So you start speaking that strength. And guess what? The word of God will strengthen your body there. It's strengthening your body there. So he tells us. He sympathizes with our witness. But was in all points tempted. As we are and without sin. Then he says. Let us therefore come boldly. With your confession. So you come boldly. You're not afraid. You know you're not going to be rejected. So he's telling you to come. This is God's word. Telling you to come boldly. To change whatever is afflicting your life. To come boldly. Because of your confession. That you've held so strong. And now you come boldly before your father's throne. And he says... To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? We find grace to help in time of need. There's another scripture. I just want to emphasize that what you say. The spoken words, especially when you're speaking God's word. And it's contrary to what you're experiencing. If you're going through financial things, Angela and I, any part, you know, I always will speak. In church, I preached a lot, Pastor Mike will tell you. I preached a lot about the Lord is my shepherd. I wasn't preaching to them, I was preaching to myself. I needed, I needed help financially. <laughs> So, every Sunday, most Sundays, I'm always talking about, the Lord is my shepherd. Michael will tell you that. But it wasn't for the congregation. I needed help. And God brought help. Amen? He changed things for us. So, you don't look at the circumstance. You keep talking talking about what God has said. That's what church is all about. That's why we come here. So that we can find the truth and then begin to emphasize it boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace. So you, you, when you come, you will obtain mercy. And when God has, when he covers you with his mercy, things will change. Believe me, things will change automatically. Therefore, Romans 10 verse, uh, I mean Hebrews 10 verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness. To enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. The veil, that's the body of the Lord. That is his flesh. It opened it for us. We can come into God's very presence. Because he's God. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart, in full assurance of faith. Notice 
the word full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Listen, he already tells you full assurance of faith, right? So you already have the full assurance of faith, but then he tells you about your confession. Can you get it? He tells you again about your confession. Hold fast. Let us hold fast. Verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. So don't, even though you have full assurance of faith, it may not work for you until you start saying something. According to the scripture. Amen? Amen. Until you start saying something. Sometimes you don't have to just say it. In your heart it's rolling over and over. It's got in your head. And then you have the time you can say it. But if this is not true, then we need to tear this page from our Bible. Don't read it anymore. Why read something that doesn't help you? Right? But this is the truth. And God is giving us the truth. Last scripture here, because of time. Fight the good fight of faith, Timothy tells us. First Timothy 6, verse 12. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. And have confessed a good confession what kind of confession what kind of confession you have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses so you tell it all along tell people about it and believe it in your heart and God makes it happen it's so important that we realize that Things can change by our confession. When I'm feeling weak, I declare that God is the strength of my life. I know He's my refuge. He's my hiding place. He's my rock. All of these things you can say. It's financial, deal with that. In scripture, if it's children, believe God. That the children will be obedient. And God will be their teacher. If you read Isaiah 54, it was so clear. I was shocked when I saw that. Because God just said, your children will be taught of the Lord. And then he said, great shall be the peace of your children. Ooh, I love that word. Peace for my children. I don't have to do anything. Great peace for your children. So I declare, peace, peace for my children, peace. Then trouble comes, peace, peace. I can see the trouble, but I still declare the peace. Because that's eternal. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Praise God. Many times we need somebody, 
If you have a confession, uh, let me say this though, before I leave. When you have a heart to go somewhere or do something, and you start saying God's words in confession, but God doesn't want you to go that way, guess what? After a while, you don't want to do that anymore. It's changed. This thing is very powerful. Amen? Keep it simple. Many times we need to agree with somebody. And uh, I'm going to call some of our pastors come out here. Uh, Noja, your husband, and uh, Larry, there's a few. Could you come up for prayer partners? Um, come up here. Where is Joy this morning? Ah, I thought she was joining all over. <laughs> if you have any need and you want somebody to agree with you, would you please just come out and uh, let them agree with you? That's confirming your confession before God. Anyone? Give you time to come. Is there anybody here this morning that says, uh, I want to have Jesus in my heart. I, I want to serve him from now on. Because the word that you've heard is from him, and that's giving you faith. And you want Jesus in your heart. All heads bow. If that's you, would you just put your hand up quickly up, and put it down? Thank you, Lord. It seems like our church is really strong. Nobody has any problems. That's something to rejoice over. Amen? Nothing to be down. We thank God for your life. Angela, would you please come up? We are going to be closing the service, but the prayer partners will remain here. And you can come to them for prayer of agreement. Because the Bible says when two... When two or three are together, God is in their midst. And if two shall agree as to touching anything, it shall be done for them by our Father in heaven. Let's raise our hands as we dismiss the service in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for what you've done here today. We thank you that we were able to worship you. We thank you that you spoke to us about the words of our mouth. And about believing your word and confessing your word, despite the circumstances we may be in. As we leave now, God, we know that you will remind us throughout the week to speak only that which your word says. Help us in our weaknesses. Remind us to bless everyone we come across this week. May this week be a week of favor for our lives. As you said, the favor of the Lord will surround us as a shield. I bless your people today. Let your favor surround them as a shield as they go about whatever they have to do this week. Let abundance be their portion. Let peace and prosperity be their portion. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name. So as you go quietly, those that need to be prayed for, please come to the front and be prayed for.